0: what is up real life my goodness i missed you guys last week we we went oh thank you i appreciate that um last week i got to go to the holy land which was pretty incredible um i got to see all kinds of things that um jesus did i saw can i just tell you i saw the tomb that jesus was borrowing and um, y'all, it is still empty. Can I get a witness? It is still empty. Our Lord is alive and well. He is a, a living God. Amen. Come on, y'all gonna help me preach tonight or what? Our God is alive. He, he died on the cross, but he is risen again. I'm gonna get Pentecostal. Hallelujah. We're gonna have church tonight. Y'all ready? I'm excited to preach. I missed you guys so much. I was in Israel, and there was no place I would rather be than in this room, and I know it's cool. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime experience and opportunity, but I still, I wanted to be here. I missed you guys last week, so I love you so much. I am so grateful to to be here tonight, Uh, Jubilee and I are so grateful to be a part of your life and um if this is your first time with us tonight my name is jonathan and i'm the student ministry pastor here at real life and real life we exist because we've been reached by the love of god we engage in christian community we advance in our faith so that we can others to christ praise god thank you so much for being with us we would love to get to know you if this is your first time. If you come next week, then you're family. That's our mantra. So we love you so much. Who's ready for God's word? Hallelujah. We're starting a new series tonight, and it is called Everybody. No, it's Everybody. Um, we're starting this new series, and I was thinking about that word, and everybody is a simple word, but it's a powerful word, Right? everybody is a simple word but it's a powerful word this is what i mean this week everybody is a series about just that it's about everybody right i'm i'm kind of courtesy laugh no, Okay, God has placed it on my heart for the next few weeks to promote unity in our student ministry, unity of purpose, unity of passion, unity of spirit. God wants everybody in this room to get excited about him and about what he's doing in Columbus, Georgia. Amen? God wants everybody. So I was thinking about this word, everybody, and I'm going to have the the wonderful media team show a couple pictures while I talk about this. Today, I don't know if you heard, but a large number of students decided to organize a walkout, right? Um, they, they, They walked out of their schools for at least 17 minutes at multiple schools across our nation, and they walked out uh, to almost protest, but to to bring awareness for the seventeen young men and women that lost their lives in a school shooting exactly one month ago today, and um, they did this demonstration. It was one of the um, most participated in uh, social justice demonstrations that um, grades 1st through 12th actually participated in. Most social activists are college students and older, but this is something new to our nation where um, actually many of the participants are young men and women like yourself in in the K through 12 school system. And um, so I was thinking about it, and I want to ask this, this uh, rhetorical question, but Would it have been as significant or powerful or would it have gotten any news coverage if like maybe a handful, like three or four students walked out, right? No. It would have been a dud. Like nothing happens when just a couple people do something. But when everybody gets involved, when everybody takes a stand, when everybody takes ownership and says, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. Man, that's when it catches people's attention. Amen? That's when somebody recognizes something that they normally wouldn't and say, you know what, maybe I should pay attention to that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about because I believe that we are better together real life. Amen? Amen? I believe that everybody should be intricately involved at a high level at what God is doing here at Real Life Student Ministries. And I also believe that we're in trouble if we don't get together and if we don't try to include everybody. We're in trouble if that doesn't happen. This is our reality as a student ministry here in Columbus, Georgia. I believe we will never experience the greatness God has created us for alone. We will never experience the greatness that God has created us for alone. It's going to take everybody. It's going to take you. It's going to take me. It's going to take the person to your left. It's going to take the person in front of you, behind you, to your right. It's going to take everybody for God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our lives. Amen? And so no one should be left out because everybody's vitally important. That's what I believe. And uh, when I was a senior, this is an example just to kind of paint a a picture in your mind of what I'm talking about. When I was a senior in high school, there was this big rivalry. I don't know if you guys still have rivalries between classes, um, but the senior class and the junior class, man, we hated each other, and we had this prank war, right? And um, it, it started getting escalated. We would do pranks at school and then it turned into, okay, we're taking it home. Um, it's not just at school, we are doing stuff to your car, we are messing with your mama's house, we are, we're toilet papering your home. And so um, we literally got to the point, it was like midway through football season so it was cool outside, you know, that fall, fall weather. And um, we had decided to let the juniors know, I was a senior, And we said, hey, y'all, guess what? I am going to do something this weekend to the junior class president. All right? Let's throw it out there. This is the gauntlet. We're throwing it out. This weekend, it's happening. We're not going to tell you what we're doing, but it's coming. And we let them know. And they let us know, if you do anything, it's going to be a brawl. We're going to fight. And so, okay, challenge accepted, right? Have y'all ever been there? I know I was young. I was immature. I'm not not endorsing fighting, okay? Um, But that was the challenge, and we accepted it. And so we organized, literally, I'm not exaggerating whatsoever, we, we organized at least 40 senior guys, and we did the most epic toilet paper job to the junior class president, his home. It was incredible. We had... Uh, every single car. Everybody brought toilet paper. Everybody brought napkins. We had straws. We had forks. I'm telling you, it was like Christmas. It looked like there were feet of snow in their front yard. No tree was left uncovered. Nothing. We, y'all, we stuck plas- the clear plastic forks all up in their yard. It was like professional grade. It was epic. Um, what. Pastor, you said you had straws. Yeah, we took clear straws, and we made clusters, and we made them look like flowers in the yard. So not only was there toilet paper everywhere, but we shoved uh, straws to where if you shined a light at night, it, it would, like, twinkle because it was, like, crystal. It was crazy. It was so beautiful. It was unbelievable. And so we pulled this off with precision. I'm telling you, all of us, everybody was on board. We all had, we were all decked out in black. You know, we had black, black, black. We had um, beanies. We had the war paint, like, you know, the two lines under the eyes. We were, like, professional. We had these two-way radio, walkie-talkie, radio silence. Like, we were were just, like, crazy into this, and everybody was involved. And we pulled it off with precision, y'all. It was precise. And no one in the house woke up. Even though we had forty crazy guys running around, not a spot in the yard was untouched, and we had been we 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 left because it's done. It's done. We looked. We took pictures. We're like, it is finished, right? And we all began to congregate at the rally point because we were all going to spend the night together at one of our friends' house. He had this awesome farm property, and it was this field that we were camping out in, and there was this this driveway that was like, it took five minutes to go down. Y'all know those driveways. It's like a dirt road, and it it takes like five minutes to get out of the driveway. It was one of those. And um, so everybody had gotten back safe except Justin. And in that moment we realized we didn't know where justin was but what had happened what what happened was is uh justin had stopped at a gas station he was a skinny kid with a fat boy inside of him right and and he stopped at a gas station to get some gas and um to get a snack was really what he was doing and shortly after the gas station stop justin got pulled over and justin was also decked out in black He was also wearing war paint. He also had the leftover toilet paper right in his back seat. And the moment he was pulled over was also the moment where over the police intercom, it was vandalism by toilet paper communicated to the entire police department. And Justin was busted red-handed, and none of us knew it. Okay, so we got this picture painted. We have gone to war with the juniors. Everybody's good. Justin's caught. We're excited because we're ready to brawl, right? And so we are all worried why Justin is not home. Like, we're, we're praying for him. We're like, God, bring Justin back. We're scared. And so we're all wondering at the, at the camp out, and after a while, we tried to reach him. It was unsuccessful. But the next thing we knew, Justin's car started driving into the driveway. And we could see it forever because it takes five minutes to get anywhere on that driveway, right? So we saw him from the distance. And everybody was like, Justin, he made it. We're good. And then the next thing we know is there's another car and another car and another car. And, like, 15 cars are following Justin. And all of us are like, it's the Junior. Let's get them. Yeah. And so we're all running after the, the cars chasing hard. And the next thing we know is somebody yells out, oh no, it's the cops. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so everybody starts running the opposite direction. And I'm the only one with any sense. And I'm like, guys, no, no, don't run. It just makes it worse. Don't run for the popo. Right? And so we had a choice we had a choice we could all go to jail everybody could go to jail or everybody could help clean up the most epic tp job georgia has ever known and i share this story tonight it's fun it's it's and they're entertaining but i share this to help us see that all it takes is one person to make a major impact on everybody and all it takes is one person to cause a major problem for everybody right all it takes is one person and so tonight god has placed his his word on my heart tonight we're going to share from a story that's in joshua and uh, tonight, the context or, or the, the back story to what we're going to read tonight is Israel had defeated Jericho. I don't know if you've been in church much, but there's this story where God calls Israel to go against the fortified city of Jericho. And he asked them to do something crazy. He says, walk around the city seven days and do nothing but walk. And on the seventh day, blow your trumpets. And the walls are going to fall. And sure enough, God does what he says because the people are obedient. And I, on the seventh day, the walls of Jericho came falling down because of the power of God. And what was an impossible victory was won by the people of God. So that's the context. And, and I say, share this with you because everybody obeyed God's instruction. And therefore, the victory was won at Jericho. Everybody. Nobody, nobody stepped aside and said, you know what, that's not for me. Nobody stepped aside and said, you know what, God, you're, you're dumb. I'm not even going to listen to that. Everybody obeyed, and so that's what gave them victory. God can do incredible things when everybody gets involved in real life. God can do impossible things when everyone gets involved. Amen? God al- has also instructed them that when they defeat Jericho, this is very important, they are to destroy everything and keep nothing for themselves. So they're given this victory, and God says, don't keep anything. It's, it's defiled. Destroy everything. And so everybody knew what God's expectation was. And that's where we pick up on tonight's scripture. It's in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. It's going to be on the screen. It says this. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things, the things that God had instructed them to destroy. And Achan of the tribe of Judah took some of them. He saw some gold. He saw a coat. He was like, hey, I like that. I need some. Give it to me. And he took it. So the Lord's anger, and I want you to hear this, one man took it, but the Lord's anger burned against Israel, the whole nation. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, a town nearby, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai, and when they returned to Joshua, they said, hey, yo, Joshua, don't. Don't send all the army against AI. Just send two or 3,000 because they're small. We're good. You don't have to send everybody. Just send only a few so the whole army doesn't get weary. Just only a few people live there. So about 3,000 went up. But get this. When they went, they were routed by the men of AI. They were, man, they were whooped. The men of Ai killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries, and they struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water because the impossible battle they had just won, now they they should have won an easy battle, but they got destroyed. They won with little effort at Jericho, a battle that could have never been won without God, but they were defeated and embarrassed by a smaller enemy in AI. The first truth tonight that I want to share with you guys is a difficult one. It's a hard pill to swallow, and it's this. One person can do something intentionally wrong, and God can see it as everybody's problem. One person can do something intentionally wrong, And God can see it as everybody's problem. Achan was just one man. Achan was one person. And his problem was this. What Achan wanted was more important to him than what God required. Let me say that again. What Achan wanted was more important to him than what God had required of them. This is what upset God so deeply. Achan was one person, but God said the Israelites were unfaithful. One man took something he should not have, and everybody was labeled unfaithful in the eyes of god if we do not individually fight the temptation of sin at an individual level, level guys we can cause everybody to be held back in this ministry for uh, if one of us is just intentional about you know what i know the truth the truth can set me free but i'm going to do what i want to do because what i want is more important than what god requires man that can hinder this ministry this story is convicting to our core because it teaches us that our personal sin has a negative effect on us, but our personal sin also hurts everybody around us. Our personal sin, see, that's, that's the, the deception is, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm living for myself. I'm not hurting anyone else, but there is no way that, just one. once our sin doesn't just affect us personally, it affects everyone. The whole purpose behind the next few weeks here at Real Life in this series is to help us understand how we can truly be better together. When everybody gets involved, we become unstoppable, like a movement like we saw at Jericho. Man, your sin doesn't just affect you. It, if, it, it doesn't just affect me. It hurts everybody around us. And so this is what I want us to see tonight man if everybody in this room began to chase after god if everybody in this room began to worship in unity if everybody in this room came in expecting if everybody in this room came in and turned their phone on airplane mode because you had the mindset man i'm going to real life and things are about to take off praise god if everybody thought that man if everybody came in instead of having their their little uh Instagram, like taking pictures of people in the middle of worship. If Man, instead of doing that, everybody was unconditionally abandoned to God. Man, we would have such a powerful presence of God fall in this room because Scripture is very clear that he inhabits the praises of his people. That, man, even before the preacher got up to preach, we would see miracles on a weekly basis of breakthrough and transformation and change because everybody is focused on the right thing. Man, God would do something with that. If everybody at Real Life began to want, love one another and hold one another accountable in a healthy way and encourage one another at school, man, you don't need to be rolling with that. Man, I tell my daughter all the time, stop hanging out with that girl. Because she, she comes home after school and she's like, so-and-so said this to me. She said, I'm ugly. She said, I'm stupid. She said this. I'm like, so, Sophia, why are you even talking to that girl? Man, if everybody would hold each other accountable and, and encourage one another, man, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Man, if you had one another's back on a regular basis at school and said, you know what, you may, not be, you may be weird because you're one of the only pure girls at your school, but guess what, you've got a handful of girls that are going to stay pure with you no matter what. Man, if that happened, if every one of us in this room started doing this, man, people would notice in Columbus, Georgia. People would take notice. Man, what would happen if everyone in this room became a missionary to their friends, became a missionary to your family, became a missionary to, to your school, to your to athletic teams? Man, if every one of us did that, man, we would see this. I love that there's seats in this room because it's a challenge. I love that there's empty spaces because those spaces represent souls that it's your responsibility to reach them. And the only way this this auditorium could be filled every single week to capacity if everybody did what they were supposed to do in reaching out with love. Man, the key to what God has done to make this place great, man, this ministry is great because we've come together. And, man, I'm praying that over the next couple weeks, everybody is going to get more involved because that's what our desire is for you. We love you too much to let you be on the fringe. We love you too much to, to be okay with you just doing your thing and not getting integrated into the body of Christ because Jesus loves you. If everybody gave to speed the light like we did just a few minutes ago, man, we could easily beat last year's record. Man, we could, we could fund two tractor-trailers full of supplies for Convoy of Hope to use to bring relief when tragic situations happen unexpectedly. Man, this student ministry could be responsible for over 50,000 people hearing the gospel of Jesus for the first time if everybody had a generosity in them to give when they could. Guys, I want these things to happen It's a part of my vision for this ministry, and with all of my heart, I want these things. But Joshua chapter 7 helps us see that sin in the camp can stop us from easy victories as a student ministry. If there's sin in the camp, man, Joshua had won at Jericho, and Ai was small, but there was sin in the camp, so they lost. God wants to do these things But sin in our lives can prevent it. Israel was prideful. They were arrogant to think they didn't need everybody to win the battles that were in front of them. After a major win at Jericho, they looked ahead to Ai, and Ai was a tiny place in comparison to the fortified walls of Jericho. But Achan's story helps us see the reality that we are better together, but intentional sin can hold everybody back. Intentional sin can hold all of us back. I may want it with all of my heart, but until all of us get on the same page, until everybody starts working, until everybody gets a little bit of my passion and starts growing with me and say, follow me as I follow Christ, until everybody starts doing it, man, God, there's going to be things that will be held back. I'm convinced that God wants us to change the world together. Anybody else? I'm convinced that God has called this place to be an epicenter of revival in Georgia. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that we're positioned to be a major influence in the culture of Columbus in this valley area. I believe it with all of my heart. And over the next couple weeks, we're going to try and paint this picture of what God has shown us as a leadership in this ministry and cast some vision of things that God wants everybody to do together. And if we do it together, I promise you, we're going to look back over the next few weeks and be amazed at what God does through us. Amen? I'm convinced that the only way we can accomplish the big plans God has for us is if everybody gets involved. Everybody. That means everybody needs to check their hearts tonight. Because if there's intentional sin in the camp, it will prevent us from doing what God wants us to The story goes on, and Joshua falls on his face before the Lord in prayer, and he asks God, why in the world is this happening? Why did we just get our tails served to us by this small little city when you just gave us the victory over Jericho? And in verse 10, it says this. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant. Remember, it was one person, but it's saying they they have taken some devoted things, even though it was Achan. They have stolen, even though it was one man. They have lied, even though it was one person. They have put them they ha- I'm sorry, they have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites can't stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and they run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Now go and consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves for the future. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are devoted things or things that need to be destroyed among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. And I believe tonight there are things that you can't stand against until you deal with the hidden sin in your life. Some of you have been wondering, God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this the, the lot that you've given me in this life? Why are my circumstances so hard to deal with? Why am I always so frustrated? Man, maybe the reason you can't overcome like you're called to, because we are called to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Maybe the reason you're not winning the small battles of life is because you are hiding things in your personal life. Akin, one of the greatest deceptions, this is so powerful, I, I want you to tweet this if you tweet anything, please tweet this. One of the greatest deceptions of the enemy of our soul is to convince us that the things we cover up are actually hidden. That's the biggest deception of, of the enemy of our soul. He, he actually convinces us to think that the things we hide, the things we keep in the depths of our soul, the sin that we want no one else to understand or know about, man, he actually convinces us that the things we hide and cover up are actually hidden. This is how the story closes. and I'm, I'm going to invite the band to come as I close. It says this in verse 19. It says, Then Joshua said to Achan, Tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. And Achan replied, It's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw the plunder, there was a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver, a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them. I wanted them for myself, and I took them. They're hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there was hidden things in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites and spread them out before the Lord. And they destroyed it like it should have been done a long time ago. Achan was exposed, and the things he stole were destroyed. And eventually, the story is very tragic because he and his family are also put to death because of their sin. But I'm grateful tonight that, man, even though the wages of sin is death, Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we wouldn't have to pay those wages. Amen. Man, I'm, I'm a, just as guilty. I've hidden things in my life before. Tonight, I think God wants everybody to take a deep look at where our lives are headed right now. Tonight, I'm going to be transparent with some mistakes I've made. I think the way this service needs to close is I'm going to be gut-level honest with with something that I've done in my past. And I do this because I think that hopefully you can learn from my mistakes so you don't have to go through the pain that I've gone through. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm, I'm wanting you to tune in if you've tuned out. I want you to tune in because I'm, I'm going to share something in just the next couple moments to hopefully prevent you from suffering some of the pain that I've had to go through myself. And I'm, I'm here tonight. My wife can testify this is a completely accurate, transparent story. Jubilee and I were in college together, and I was working my tail off. I, w- I was working hard, I had a part time job at MPAT, no, full time. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. Full-time job, it didn't pay good. I was working my tail off to provide finances and I was working extremely hard to keep my grades as a full-time college student. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet as I close. And this is what happened. Guys, we had very little. We had very little resources and, and I had friends that Man, their parents gave them everything. They were wealthy, and they, they had everything paid for. Y'all know the people I'm talking about. They've never worked in their life. They, they grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth, right? And, and I was watching as, as I'm struggling. I'm literally eating ramen noodles. We're, we're cooking beans. It's gross. I don't go out to eat at all. We never went to Starbucks. We didn't have anything. We, we were PB&J sack lunch. It was, it was embarrassing. We had little financially, and I decided to try to take a shortcut. And I thought to myself, you know, this may sound incredibly um, unintelligent, but I decided to try to make some extra money by gambling online. I thought, man, I could make some quick money. It's a gamble, but it's a risk, and I could make some cash, and and we could stop being poor. It was dumb. But here's one of the reasons I share what I'm about to share with you. One of the reasons I am passionate about confronting sin is because I have been a sinner that has been saved by grace. That's one of the reasons I can confront sin and call it what it is because I know what it is to be a man who's a sinner. But God has set me free. God has transformed my life. He's brought me through on the other side. And long story short, I was feeling the financial pressure of, of recently becoming the main provider in my new family, and, and I didn't want us to be poor like we were. So I did something I knew was not wise, and I knew it wasn't right. But like Aiken, I, I did it anyways. And guys, this, this is crazy. But I lost over $3,500 in the course of like three weeks. It was like a lot of money real quick. It was on a credit card that Jubilee didn't even know about. It was crazy. And a few weeks went by and, and I'd lost it and I, w- I was trying to make some quick money, but but then I was also trying to dig myself out of the hole that I had gotten myself in, which only got me deeper. And so I was in a bad place. And the next thing I did was like Aiken, I tried to hide what I had done, because that's what we, we we do something dumb, and we naturally revert, we're going to cover it up, right? And so it was the beginning of a new school semester, and we were going to get a check from our student loans. Any college students know that check is nice, praise the Lord, if you ever get it. And we got this check for our student loans, and I told Jubilee that I was going to send the check back to pay the loans, but instead I used the money to pay the credit card off with the money that I'd lost gambling. I was deceiving. I was lying. Tonight I was covering up, and I share this to hopefully bring some revelation to you, that partial truth is a lie. Partial truth is a lie. I'm here tonight to tell somebody that partial faithfulness is adultery. I'm here tonight to tell somebody from my own mistakes, from my own shortcomings, that partial commitment is unfaithfulness. I'm here to tell somebody that partial obedience is not what God desires. And so I'll never forget the Holy Spirit moment that happened in my life because I was covering, I was hiding, I was protecting myself. I am a man of of God's own heart. I am not this lying, deceiving, gambling failure. And so I was covering it up constantly, trying to hide from what the truth was. And I'll never forget the night because I was laying in my bed, and I felt like bricks were just on my chest. It was so heavy. The conviction of God was so heavy on my life that I could hardly breathe. It was like 2 a.m. in the morning, and I knew in that moment that God was either going to forgive me or he was going to take me out. And it was up to me whether I was going to repent or whether I was going to try to keep hiding. And I knew in that moment, if I didn't let go of control, if I didn't say, God, this is what my failure is, man, I knew my life would not move forward with grace. And so it was in that moment that I cried out, I had to repent or I wasn't going to make it another day without God. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this room, no one talking or being a distraction, you're in this place tonight and you've heard the convicting word of God. And just like I was that night, there is a holy pressure that is currently being applied to your spirit right now where the the things that you know are things that are deprived, the things that have caused your relationship with God to be hindered, the things that are hidden sin, Man, the pressure and the holy conviction of the Holy Spirit is on your chest right now. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I've tried to cover this, but the spotlight of the Holy Spirit is right on me right now. I I promise you, I am a testimony. Of the grace of God God forgave me he set me free he provided for me he allowed me to make the right decision as soon as I confessed. and the Word of God is true it says if we confess with our mouth God is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness so tonight with every head bowed every eye closed I want everybody to be able to walk out of this room and know that their relationship with God is secure and so tonight You'd say, Pastor, man, I've got hidden sin in my life, and I need to be forgiven. I don't want to live with this pressure anymore. I don't want to continue to be a deceiver. I don't want to continue to live a double life. I want to be set free, and I need Jesus to do it for me tonight. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to lift your hand and hold it high so I can pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, don't hold it any longer. You don't have to live with it any longer. He'll set you free. He'll forgive you. The the weight will be released. Anyone else in this moment? One more chance. Thank you, God. With everybody's voice, everybody's voice, in one voice, let's pray this. Dear Jesus, come on, everybody, loudly and proudly. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I need you to forgive me I am so sorry for the ways that I have failed and fallen short of your glory God I ask that you would forgive me I believe that your son died so that I wouldn't have to so I accept your grace I accept your mercy and I'm leaving that sin And I'm leaving the shame here tonight. I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to walk in liberty. And I'm going to walk hard after you. From this moment on, I give you my heart and I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everybody, celebrate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're about to sing, and they're going to lead us, and we're going to do things just a little differently tonight. Normally, I have a lineup of incredible leaders to pray for you, ready to to intercede on your behalf for whatever need that you have. But this is what I have in my mind's eye. I know over the next few weeks, God wants to do something powerful in Columbus, Georgia, through Real Life Student Ministries. And so tonight, the altar call is simple. And I'm praying, and I've been praying all week long that everybody would be willing to respond to this. But the altar call is simple. Man, there are times where I know that I have not fulfilled and been completely obedient to what God has called me to do. There are times where I have not given my very best he's given me gifts and talents and sometimes I've shrugged back and shied away but this is the moment in the next few moments they're going to start worshiping after I pray and I'm going to challenge everybody in this room to say you know what I'm done I'm done standing back and not doing something with my life I'm done not getting involved in real life. I'm done not getting involved in tribes. I'm done not giving to speed the light. I'm done not being devoted in my time with the Lord and his word and prayer. And I am ready to join everybody. And I'm ready to become a movement of God. Not just five, not just six, not just 60, not just 100. But I'm ready to become a movement of God. And if that takes everything that I am, I'm going to be willing to do it. Because everybody around me is going to encourage me and be standing with me. And so we're going to pray. And I'm going to open up these altars. And then I want it to be between you and God. And whatever it is, you've held back from him. Maybe it's the sin that you just got forgiven of. Maybe it's the talents that you've never let anybody know you have. Maybe it's the commitment level. Instead of coming once a month, you need to be here every week. But it's everybody, and when everybody gets involved, God's going to cause revival to flow. Amen? And so I'm going to pray, and we're going to open up these altars. We're going to give you some time to have your moment with God to commit and say, you know what, I want to be a part of everybody. So God, right now, I pray that you would give us the courage, the boldness, the confidence. God, give us the vision to see what could happen if everybody responds to your Holy Spirit. If everybody says yes to your high calling. If everybody says, if you can use anyone, use me. And so, God, I pray that every distraction, every hindrance, God, every every insecurity would be stripped away right now by the power of your name. And, God, I pray that as many that are willing would respond and say, yes, God, I want to be a part of something significant over the next few weeks. In Jesus' name, amen.